Welcome to the Burn Podcast with host Ben Newman, the show where we break down the drive of the world's top performers in sports and business to uncover that underlying burn that pushes them to perform at the highest level. Today's episode is brought to you by the Financial Advisor Academy and the Unrequired Coaching Program. To learn more, head over to thefinancialadvisoracademy.com. Now, here is your host, Ben Newman. Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know, every single week, we are driving to find individuals that are going to help you think different, help you show up different, help you connect to that burn that lies inside of you. This is the beginning of season three, and I couldn't be any more excited to have Mike Lee with us from MindShift Labs. And here's the reason why. Not because he's worked with Steph Curry, not because he's worked with some of the top 1% in the basketball world that's now carried over into boardrooms, but because of his challenge, because of his adversity, because of how he's chosen to fight in his life. And I think from hearing his story, hearing his burn, hearing how he's overcome It'll help you continue to recognize the importance of connecting to that burn that lies inside of you. And that's why we have our show every single week to help you consistently show up more to drive next level performance. So, Mike, I am uh, incredibly excited uh, to have you with us today and uh, welcome to the burn. Thanks for having me on, man. I'm looking forward to diving in here. Well, let's let, let's actually do this because uh, you know so many people know who watch the show. We don't talk about accolades. I, I definitely do want to hear uh, you know maybe a little bit of Steph Curry or maybe your favorite basketball story. But I want to dive into you. You know, I think back to learning more about you and you being in college and struggling with anxiety, struggling with depression, which I think the the year that we've had in 2020. There are so many people who are facing feelings that they've never faced, Yeah, wondering, is this something that I battle alone or is it something that I battle with somebody else, right? Do I bring somebody to help me? And so I'd love for you to take us back to how that's maybe springboarded MindShift Labs for you and your work and how much that's meant to you to overcome in your life. Yeah, it really started... When I was about 19 years old, I got put on a, well, I decided to go on an antidepressant medication. I just used to be, I used to get incredibly depressed, uh, especially growing up in the winters in Wisconsin. I grew up in, in the middle of uh, nowhere in a super small town in Wisconsin and just had battled with depression my whole life. And about six years ago, I made a decision that I just could not take another winter in Wisconsin. I, I sometimes wouldn't get out of bed till three, four o'clock in the afternoon because I was just in such a depressive state. And I decided, I knew that I always felt better in sunnier weather. And so I decided to just pick up and move temporarily for the winter out to Southern California. And I got out there, it was sunny out and I was feeling amazing in the middle of the winter, better than I'd ever felt before. <laughs> And I decided to get off this antidepressant medication that I'd been on. This was a, a personal decision that I decided to make. I'm not trying to give medical advice here, but it was a decision that, that I wanted to make. And getting off of this medication was quite literally, doctors have, have backed this statement up, quite literally like getting off of heroin. It was insane what I went through getting off of this medication. It just 
threw me into this state of chronic emotional instability from laughing to crying to crazy anxiety to deep, deep states of depression. And I just couldn't get present, which is something I think we're all struggling with in, in today's world. We're just living in a world of chaos, change, uncertainty, and disruption. And finding the present moment is incredibly difficult. And it's the only place where we can really take action to influence our future. As you know, working with peak performers, flow state, peak performance only happens in the present moment. And I had just lost my ability to be able to do that. So I picked up a meditation practice because it was the only way that, that I knew that I could give myself a fighting chance to be present and focus on the work and the service that I wanted to do in the world. And after about two to three months of consistent practice, I realized why athletes like Kobe Bryant, investors like Ray Dalio, CEOs like Steve Jobs all had some form of a meditation practice. And that's because I saw all these skills that we were teaching in the basketball space from the mental performance side of the game, like your ability to just stay calm under pressure. What, they were all elevated. And I, kind of, I realized at that point that I had a deeper purpose in my life. And instead of building basketball players, which was a passion of mine for 15 years, it was to build people and really help them unlock that human potential that I think resides within all of us. You know, it, it's interesting that you bring that up. I, I refer to them as corporate athletes. Yeah. You know, our, our work is actually, it, it's interesting because I started in the corporate world, then blended into sports and now do both. And you started in sports and you blended into corporate and do both. And I think this is a, a total side note, but as we develop an athlete or if we develop a, a corporate athlete, right? An executive, an entrepreneur, a business owner, I want to mention something that's actually unique and call a little audible and go another direction. You know, a lot of people watching this may say, well, these two guys do the same thing. <laughs> Aren't they like in competition with each other? And I think abundance in the world today is so important. And so I'd love for you to touch on just maybe your thoughts on abundance. You know, I, I know I heard you mention before the word scarcity, right? Scarcity versus abundance. And I think it's so important that people recognize, like, there are so many people that need help, so many people driving next level performance. We are, in not, we are not in competition with each other. We're here to help each other, right? And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, two guys on the same screen. I thought it would be a fun question that uh, essentially do the same work. What are your thoughts on abundance versus scarcity? Well, I think it really starts with what are you going to decide to focus on? Are you gonna to decide to focus on what you have or what you don't have? And when we're focusing on, and that really goes to gratitude and appreciation, right? When we're focusing on the things that we do have, we're gonna get more of those because that's what we're focused on. If we're focused on the negativity and the scarcity and not being enough and not having enough, then we're gonna operate with that, that mindset that we are living in a world of scarcity. But when you really, have the awareness to look at the big picture, like there's abundance all around us. And that might mean uh, abundance in relationships, that might mean financial abundance, that might mean, um, that might mean abundance in your professional life. And it really, you know, the key is to me, like I, I operated prior to really picking up this meditation practice that I spoke about earlier, 
with a mindset that everything has to be a struggle, that anything worthwhile in life has to be, mm. uh, you, you have to go through an incredible amount of sacrifice and struggle and, and pain in order to gain something worthwhile. And what I've really opened up to in the past few years is that part of abundance is being open to receiving and that I don't have to give and give and give and struggle and struggle and struggle for everything in my life. It's about being open to receiving what is coming into your, into your life, into your uh, work life, into your career, and just operating with that awareness. Yeah, awareness is such a, a critically important mindset, right, as we approach success. And so I'd love to hear from you in your experience, right? So we have a show, The Burn. Now, this, this is totally, uh, this is not set up, so I don't know what your answer is going to be. But I have found that so many of the individuals that do the work that we do, they talk about why, they talk about purpose, which is so important, but they forget to identify that underlying burn. What, what in Mike's heart is different? Like what makes him tick? What is his drive? And I've found that when the athlete or the business professional has a heightened intentional focus or awareness to that burn that lies inside of them, the manner in which they show up and the action they drive is completely different. Have you found the same for you in your work? Yeah, I like to say when you can when you stay connected to your purpose, that's when you're going to stay connected to your energy. And if we're not connected to that that purpose, that why, it's really difficult to show up. Lots, you know, one question I get from a lot of people is, well, how do I go about changing my mindset? And the first question is figuring out why you want to change it. What are you really going after? What are you trying to to create in the world? And figuring that out is, is really that first step. And I think, you know, it's something that a lot of people struggle with. They like, they want to have purpose in their life. They want to have fulfillment in their life. And I think it, this is, it's an art. To me, it's an art. It happens for people in, in all different uh, types of ways. And I think, you know, one way that people can go about it, though, is finding a pain point in their life finding mentors, working on overcoming that, and then be able to go back and teach that to other people in service of something greater than themselves. Now, have you, that's interesting that you mentioned that because in the anxiety depression space, you saw it when, with Kevin Love, when he came out, it was such a big deal when he was open about it in the world of basketball. And you've seen so many other athletes, you know, celebrities come out and talk about it. You know, how important has that been for your work? And have you seen a difference in people now being open? There's probably a lot of people, they may not even understand the indicators of anxiety and depression. So what type of an invitation do you provide? A, a openness to you having a conversation with somebody to get them to recognize that there's an opportunity to open up like a Kevin Love did? Yeah, I think the key is creating safe environments for people to be vulnerable and not and understanding that it's part of the human condition to suffer emotionally right like it just it is we all do to a certain degree and creating that that vulnerability and then and then knowing that you're more than your anxiety you're more than your depression you're more than your your stress and your worries and and your fear and everything that that we experience as a human being and and that 
there's a place within you that is always at peace and always at rest. And it has, it's not determined by what is going on around you. And when you can get to that place, I think you can open up and be a lot more vulnerable with other people and, and really uh, share that experience, that your story and your experience and that vulnerability is a way to, to connect with other people. So we're not feeling so alone. And this, that's really the starting point to really collectively uh, heal from some of these things that we're, we're experiencing. So what is the most, you know, in, in hearing that answer, what is the most significant, you know, I call them mental training tools, but what is the most significant tool that you use in your work with MindShift Labs with that athlete or with that business professional? Is there one that stands out the most for helping individuals reach that next level of performance? Yeah, I think we're, we're going to performance. I think, you know, it's really, it's vision, it's, it's simple. Like everybody talks about it, but are you, are you, do you have it? Do you have a crystal clear vision of what you are trying to create, what you're trying to build, who you are, are, who you want to become in the world and in work? I think that's, that's the first step. And then really, how am I constantly and consistently planting those seeds of that vision in my mind so that I'm subconsciously working on those things throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year. And then being able to just uh, not get bored with the, you know, Alan Stein talks about this all the time, not getting bored with the basics, right? It goes, yeah. really talk about this with, uh, in, my, in the basketball space, right? Was just, can you be great at the fundamentals and not get bored with them? And it's really about having that vision and then having the strategy, even if it's boring, basic, things that are going to compound over the course of time. I think those are really, you know, it's, it sounds simple and it sounds, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. It's incredibly difficult to show up every single day and put in the work day after day, after day, after day, and not know exactly when that result is going to manifest. And, you know, so many people, they, they expect to see great results without doing the work, or they see a, a short window of great success, and then they think it's sustainable without having to continue to work. And I always like to say that, you know, everybody, they want to tell you about their vision. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be great. But the real story is told when we actually see their action of how they show up. You have to have that clear vision. I couldn't agree more, but it's that consistency and action. Now, one person who's probably more consistent in his workouts, his doing the exact same routine in warmups is Steph Curry. And, you know, you hear these stories of Steph Curry. He'll shoot a thousand shots on game day. There's some players in the NBA who don't shoot a thousand shots on their own in a given week, let alone like on a game day, like in a week at any point in time doing an extra thousand shots. So what is it about a guy like a Steph Curry without having to get into, you know, any, any specifics? Because a lot of times in our work, we can't do that. But what do you think it is of, of a Steph Curry, that that top probably 0.01% of an athlete who's willing to do the extra above everybody else? I call it the unrequired, which leads to uncommon behaviors. What do you think that difference is? Where, what, what do you think that edge comes? Where do you think it comes from? Well, I'm going to give you an answer that you're probably not expecting. And I don't think a lot of people expect when they, when they ask me about my experience with him and really, you know, like you said, like he has 
the routines, he's put in the work, his skill level is unbelievable, right? It just, it is. But I think there's something else that really separates him that gives him an edge. And I'll share a quick story with you. I mean, I, I met him when I met him when I was a director for his first skills academy that he ran for some of the top high school and college basketball players in the country uh, back in 2011. And I got to know him a little bit then, but then I'd also, I'd, I'd get to spend time with them when I would go to the pregame workouts. You know, in the NBA, you spend a lot of time working on individual skills during, uh, during the season pregame. And one time I took this kid that I was working with at the time, this was almost a decade ago now, to the Bradley Center. Uh, he was an eighth grader at the time to watch Steph go through a pregame workout. And we walked in through the security entrance and through the tunnel and had a seat on the courtside seats. That would be the team bench for the game. And we're just, we were uh, waiting for the team to come out to go through some of their workouts. And Steph came over and he said, hi. And he pulled this kid aside, this little eighth grade kid who was just in awe of Steph. And he had this conversation with him for about 15, 20 minutes before he went into his, into his pregame workout. And he asked his kid about school. He asked his kid about his family. He asked his kid about his friends, rarely having anything to do with basketball. And as I observed Steph from a distance, and that's kind of right before he blew up in the playoffs and then went on to be MVP and, and win the NBA, uh, some, win some NBA titles was that this was one of the reasons that he's been able to play at the level that he's been able to play at. When you watch Steph play, and I'm sure you would agree, he plays with as much or more gratitude, freedom, joy, creativity than any athlete that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I think a lot of this is because when he steps out on the court, he's not placing his self-worth and his identity on the line mm. every single time based on his performance. And when he's able to do that, he lets go of so much of the external pressure that we're, we're conditioned to believe in by our, by our society that we have to constantly do more, become more, achieve more, win more in order to give ourselves permission to feel good about ourselves. And he knows that he's more than an athlete. And really what I learned from him, the, the, the takeaway is that when we can drop our need to obtain our self-worth from our external accomplishments, whether that's on the court, in the, in the classroom, in the boardroom, that we can drop into the present moment, which is the only place that we can do our greatest work. And then we can show up as the best version of ourselves for those that we lead in, in work and in life and our families and our careers and our relationships, whatever that is for you. When we can drop that pressure. We're able to really drop into the present moment, which is only place flow exists, peak performance exists and our, our best self exists. I love it. We're going to end there. And then I'm going to have you mention how people can stay connected. But here's the reason why I want to end there, because you just hit on what I refer to as intentional focus. And I always talk to teams and in my individual work with athletes, intentional focus versus pressure. If we operate in a position of pressure, the pressure causes us to focus on a result. What's the score going to be? What's going to happen on the next play? Rather than the intentional focus on that next play, I'm going to give my best. I'm going to get into, I call it ideal state of focus or flow as you refer to it. We're going to get into that flow and just operate on locking in, in football, just the next six seconds, dominate the next six seconds. I don't care about the last play or the next play, intentional focus, 
on the next six seconds. And so I, I love hearing that about Steph. It, uh, you know, it, it's no surprise because you do see that. You do see him enjoying it. So here's the challenge that I would have for everybody before I have Mike share how everybody can stay connected with him. Why wouldn't you work for that state for you? Right. Whether it's an opportunity doing more for us to stay connected, you reaching out and staying connected with Mike, others that are in our space. You hear so many of these stories of people having intentional focus, an ideal state of focus, operating in their flow state, doing all these things with peace of mind, which comes from having a vision, connecting to your burn, staying connected to what drives you. So many people fight this. We're rolling into a new year. There's been so much challenge and adversity. Right. If you need help, reach out and find that help. But, Mike, I appreciate your uh, insight so much because it really hammers home so many of my beliefs around how we can control the state in which we operate from. So how can people stay connected uh, with you? And thank you so much for the opportunity to uh, to have you on the burn. Thanks for having me on, man. It's great to be here. You guys can connect with me at who is Mike Lee on Instagram, LinkedIn. Those are the two places that I'm, I'm hanging out the most right now. Awesome. Well, uh, go ahead. Or drop me an email. I'll give everybody my email. It's just Mike at mindshiftlabs.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And once again, in the spirit of abundance, I hope people realize don't get into competition with people that you can learn from. I, I just, I've thoroughly enjoyed our time together and for those of you who are watching, if you have a friend who's struggling with anxiety, depression, wanting to find that next level of performance, please share this episode, right? You know, hearing from, it's not very often that you get to hear individuals who have spent that, that close time to really visualize and to see a Steph Curry do what makes Steph Curry special, right? So share this episode. There might be people you care about struggling with anxiety and depression. These have not been easy times for any of us. So please share this with somebody that it might have an impact on and continue to stay connected to your burn to drive the next level of your performance one day at a time. That's how winning is done. Don't forget that. I will look forward to seeing you next week on The Burn. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Burn Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to get notifications as new episodes release every week. To connect with Ben, follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Continued Fight. Until next time, keep attacking one day at a time.